Hey, everybody, grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. John chapter 11, verses 2 through 6. And it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with his hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. The sisters therefore sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed there two days longer in the place where he was. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture. And we are talking about kind of one of my favorite topics that revolve around Christmas, which is the idea of waiting and how do we wait well? How do we wait when we've been waiting on something for decades or whatever the case may be. So we really dive into that. And along with that, I did want to tell you guys that we will actually be taking next week off and we will come back in 2024. So we would love for you guys to enjoy your families, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and we can't wait to be back with you January 3rd of 2024. So we are really glad that you're here today, though, and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. <laughs> hey, Mom. Well, Merry Christmas. Yes, it's coming. It's coming. It's so close. It's coming. Honestly, I'm just ready for it to be here. Just let's just get this show on the road. <laughs> yeah, well, Merry Christmas to everybody. Let's just get it over with. How that is. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say get it over with. I don't want to get it over with. I just, you know, I feel like it's the... The pre-Christmas stress. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to get here. I'm just ready for it to be here. Because when it's here, all my to-dos will be done or not done, and I can't do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is true. And, you know, it always gets done. And like you said, what doesn't get done, if it doesn't get done, then it didn't need to be done. It didn't need to Um, be done, I know. It did not need to get done. But anyway, so today I'm thinking about uh, talking about waiting. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing about Christmas in the Advent season. Yeah. And I mean that seriously. Yeah, but it's not your favorite. No, thing. no, no. Who, I, I hate waiting. It's not your favorite thing to do, but it's your no. favorite. I, um, I used to say, you know, that that saying, curiosity killed the cat. Mm-hmm. I used to say, patience killed the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it feels like that. Like, I'm trying yeah. to be patient, but I feel like it's killing me. But no, I love... The Advent, I mean, that's what Advent is. It's the season of waiting, season of, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for Jesus to come. And He obviously came, and that's what the whole Advent season is. But I love it because I feel like it brings me so much hope. Really? Because I, and I feel like I've been waiting for the same thing for 30 years. <laughs> but I know that if I wasn't waiting on a desire to be fulfilled for 30 years, there'd be something else to be waiting on. Or, you know, like no matter what, there's always, there's always waiting. There's always seasons of waiting. And sometimes it might be he- easier or harder than others. But yeah, I just love it because I feel like when we are really intentional at looking at what waiting with hope really looks like, mm-hmm. it really, it really can bring hope. And I actually saw something today. I'm going to go ahead and read it. 
Okay. Um, it is from my favorite place. The Bible? Instagram. Nope. Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I know that makes this mother's heart happy. Uh, I'm just kidding because, you know, I reference yeah. some things. But it said, this is, I don't know who wrote this, um, but they just said, I think one of the most hope-giving words in the Bible is the word suddenly. It reminds mm-hmm. me that God can change everything and anything when we least expect it. Oh, I love that. I know. I really liked it, too, because I felt like it—I I, I just felt that. Like, I— there's so many times I'm trying to think of an example of like Paul and Silas in prison. And then suddenly the prison Mm. doors opened up Mm -hmm. and were, I mean, even suddenly Jesus came on the scene. You know, suddenly the angels were in the sky, you know, proclaiming that, you know, Jesus had had been born. So yeah, it really is so true where it it feels like, especially when, like I said, I've literally been waiting on something for 30 years, 30 plus. Um, But you know what's funny? It feels like suddenly it's never going to come. But yeah. suddenly always comes suddenly, you know, and that and God can do that. Well, and that's what I was gonna say, you know, when you're it talks about the angels in the sky and you know, unto you are born in this day, child is born and it's you know, here's this majestic uh, all the angels, you know, uh, hallelujah, the glory of God, you know, baby's been born unto you, you know, a savior's been born. You know, we see it in plays, we see it on Christmas cards and stuff, and you see this wonderful moment where Jesus is being born. But when you talk about suddenly, we also know that that was in the waiting ever since Genesis 3. And so mm-hmm. right before Matthew, we have Malachi, and so that's 400 years. So, you know, mm-hmm. to say suddenly Jesus is there, it all depends on who you're talking to. Because right. the you know people, the Old Testament, the Abrahams, and the you know the old prophets, they would say it was not so sudden. It wasn't so mm-hmm. suddenly that he was there. Now, again, uh, Mary took her nine months to have the baby, and mm-hmm. and here she is about to go into to labor, and there's nowhere to have the baby, and you know that probably seemed like a long time trying to find somewhere. To you know, so that they can land, so they could right. you know be placed. So you know, it all all depends on who you're talking to. But when you're waiting on God, it's very difficult to ever think suddenly just happens. Well, I think it's it seems like it's suddenly like oh my goodness, even if you have been waiting, because it's like wow, mm-hmm. that just it just happened out of nowhere. But it's not out of nowhere. And I think like like you said, since Genesis three, God was so intentional in that timing. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, and it is so similar to the verses you read in John talking about the death of Lazarus. You know, he he waited to go to Lazarus so that mm-hmm. the glory of God would be known. And it's the same thing, like the timing of when Jesus had to be born. It ha- he had to be, had to have been born when he was born because of the all the prophecies and, you know, who was Herod, who was in who was in charge at that time, like he had. You know, There's just yeah. so many details. It's not like you and know, crucifixion was a and the crucifixion was the oh right the that way was that a, people died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had to come during that time. You know, yeah. So, so it's yeah, it's like you look at that and it's like there was a suddenly aspect. You know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you see these angels in the sky. You're you know just watching your sheep, but. There was so much preparation, you know, thousands and thousands of years. I mean, even those 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew, you know, there's just, and I think that's why I love 
the Advent season and in particular the waiting is because even in this moment saying this, I feel it giving myself hope. You know, it's like, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like it seems like nothing is happening. It seems like I have been in these decades long of waiting and silence and waiting. Yeah. And it's like, God, do you even care? You know, like married to Jesus when Mm -hmm. Lazarus died, I was like, well, if you had just come sooner, this wouldn't have happened. But it was, there was a, there was a purpose and there was a reason he wasn't. And when you're waiting and you don't know what God's doing, there's those silent years, those those moments when you keep praying and praying and asking for God to step in on the scene and you don't see any evidence that God is working or doing anything. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult not to lose hope, not to, you know, to continue to keep the faith. But I think that one of the things, you know, that we get comfort, we know in those scriptures, it says that Jesus loved Mary, and He loved Lazarus, and He loved Martha, and He spent a lot of time with them, and He wept, mm-hmm. as a, you know, one of the times that, you know, we hear that Jesus— The shortest verse you know, in the Bible. He that's wept. right. Jesus wept. He, he wept. Yep. And, uh, you know, th- I think a lot of times when we're in the waiting and wondering if God's doing anything— our first uh, temptation sometimes is to think he doesn't care. And that's what, you know, Mary and Martha said. If you'd been here implying, I know you love him because he sent, they sent, you know, word that, you know, the man that you love, you know, that one yeah, that you they, love, he's sick. Yeah. It's like they had faith that Jesus could heal him, you know, so it's yes, kind of like. Or they would have like never called him. Yeah. Right. So them even saying, if you had been here, like it, they're really kind of saying it out of faith of like, I know if you had been here, this would have ended differently because I know yeah. who you are and what you can do. And it was almost like he, you know, Jesus looking at it of like, you, they only knew a little bit of what he could do. You know, like mm-hmm. they hadn't seen God. the resurrection power of Jesus yet. Like they had seen it's his right. healing power and they had seen other, you know, aspects of him. But it was almost like Jesus was like, yeah, you're right. I, it would have been different, but also it's about to be better, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what we have to hold on to when we're waiting is that we need to understand that God is working, even though things are silent. Doesn't mean he's not doing anything. Doesn't mean that, you know, everything's on pause just because we don't see it. It just means we don't see it. And, uh, Jesus had gotten word, and he was planning on coming. They didn't know that. They probably looked out their little window all the time, waiting on Jesus to come down that road. And then, right. you know, Martha does hear, you know, the Messiah, you know, the one that lo- you love, the one that loves you, is here. And Martha runs out, you know, said, if, if you'd have only been here, he wouldn't have died. And, and you know, there's this level of faith because really and truly, if Jesus wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead, he could do it anywhere he wanted. He was at. He didn't have to be there for Lazarus True. not to right. die. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, he didn't have to be there to heal him or to no. raise him from the dead. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he, you know, uh, healed the centurion son. You know, the you know, just saying, you go back and he'll be healed. He could just say the word and do it. So their level of faith was, you know, limited, but they still have faith and they still trust right. the heart of Jesus and they knew that he loved them. And I think that we've got to think about when we're waiting on God and waiting and asking and praying, we got to know for one thing that this is God's will for us. That's that's the hard part. We know that God can heal. We know that God can do miracles. We know that God can do anything. Nothing's impossible with, you know, with God. 
But will he? And that's the part that gets really hard when we're waiting on, on God. And, you know, when Jesus was uh, born and they had been waiting on the Messiah, he did not come the way that they expected. He came, you know, as a baby. They expected him to come as a king. They expected him not to die, but to rule. Yeah, and I think that's the hard part of waiting is waiting on the Lord and not waiting for an outcome or not waiting for something yes. the way you think because because of that. Like the Israelites being told for thousands of years that a Savior is coming and they're waiting for that. And then he comes and like you said, not how they thought, but they were still waiting on a Savior. They were waiting on someone to take the burden and the pressure and the weight of the Romans off of them. When he came and they were looking for the Messiah, they were looking for someone that would rescue them. Now, he did rescue them. Right. But it's through, you know, sins and forgiveness. One well, was later in his career. I mean, even, yeah. even though he came, they still had to wait. You know, it was 33 years before he even started his ministry, before he even, right. like, before he even really showed that he had come. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's another thing. Like, there was a very, very small number of people who knew that this baby was a savior. Mm-hmm. And if, so if you think about it, which I'm not, I just now realized thinking about it in this moment of like, even though he's on the scene, they don't even know he's on the scene yet. I mean, mm-hmm. even, even if they, you know, like the disciples, if they had seen the baby, they probably wouldn't have known it. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, Jesus went about his life for 33 years and no one knew he was Messiah besides maybe five people. So it was like, they're still waiting and he was in the midst of them. Which is that's right. crazy, crazy that's, to think about. Yeah, and that's the hope, too. He's still in the midst of whatever you're waiting for. He's still mm-hmm. in the midst of whatever I'm waiting for. He's still uh, listening to our prayers. He's in the midst of this. And we don't necessarily see that he's come to the surface. We, like, we know that he's working behind the scenes. He's doing yeah, something. Yeah, he hasn't revealed it. But he hasn't revealed it. And, and those are those you know, silent years of when Jesus, you know, was a baby till he, like you said, he was 30 years old for a three-year, you know, prepared 30 years for a three-year ministry. And even then, they were still expecting Jesus to rule, not die. And so we, again, see the struggle when we're waiting on something, having these expectations of what God's going to do and how God's going to do what we're waiting for and how he's going to work things out. And that's why we get so discouraged. It's funny because we have not talked about this until just right now in our conversation. And today is thinking about, you know, it's a recording and having this conversation and knowing it was about waiting. Didn't know what you were going to say, but the whole Mm -hmm. time that I was thinking that, you know, about this verse, it says, those who wait upon the Lord, that's in Isaiah, you know, Isaiah 40, where it says, you know, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up like wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And I was thinking about those verses, and I thought, you know, God, waiting on you to do something, waiting on you to, to change your cir- our circumstances, waiting on you to answer our prayers, we do get tired. We do get weary. Like, what's Isaiah trying to say? What are you trying to say to us? And and you said it earlier. I felt like when I was really praying about that and thinking about that, I was like, God, I, how do you marry the two? Like, those who wait upon the Lord were gaining strength. And when I'm thinking, I am waiting on the Lord, 
and I get weary and I get tired because I keep praying for something for year after year after year, and I don't see you doing anything. And it was just like, all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, that's the problem. You're waiting for the outcome. You're mm-hmm. waiting on to see what I'm doing. You're not waiting on me. You're waiting mm-hmm. on how your circumstances can change. You're, wanting, you're waiting on me to do something instead of waiting on me. And I think that's mm-hmm. where there's that fine line of, yes, you know, often we're waiting on God to do something that only God can do. So we have to wait on Him, and He may do it. I, I don't think that God expects us to enjoy the waiting process. I think he is very much aware of our humanness and how we are limited and, you know, we are dust without him. But I think that even though we may not enjoy the process, I think we can enjoy him in the process. And I think that's that. Because I think if you're waiting for an outcome, you can miss him. And I think that mm-hmm. is a lot of, you know, the New Testament Pharisees and, you know, people in the New Testament where they were, they were waiting on something and they weren't really waiting on him because they had this expectation of what it was going to look like. And I think that's where, I mean, God may do exactly what we are thinking he's going to do, but he also may not. And I think that's, you know, part of it is, I think that's also what kind of makes it a little bit more bearable is when we are waiting for him and enjoying him in the waiting process, even though the waiting process can be excruciating and it can be hard. You know, I think of people who've lost someone and they're waiting to see them on the other side of earth in heaven and, like that process is excruciating, but, you know, getting through it is like constantly keeping your eyes on the Lord. I feel like that's how you do it and keep your sanity. <laughs> yeah, I do think there are some things in life that are very, very hard. And I don't know that you ever get over it, but I do think you get through it. And I think that that's where, you know, waiting on God and looking at the heart of God and knowing that God does love us and care for us and and wants to give his children what's best for us. And sometimes we just don't understand what that's best. Like, for instance, you know, in the disciples and the Pharisees that were, you know, walking around, they were waiting on this Messiah to come to take them out of underneath the pressure and the bondage of Rome. And the Messiah came to take them out of underneath the pressure and the bondage of sin. And Mm so one is greater Really and truly, and we saw that, you know, in, in Scripture where, you know, the friends were lifting their friend down to be healed, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, wait a minute, that's not what we came here for, you know, yeah. and he's like, well, is it better, you know, because it's our perspective. We'd rather be healed of our physical than our spiritual uh, healing, or oftentimes we've got to focus on that, and that's, that's being focused on the outcome and not who God is. And I love the fact that when Jesus, you know, did weep and he talked to Mary and he talked to Martha and they, you know, said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And, and you know, we said that he wept. And that shows the heart of Jesus because Jesus knew he's about to raise him from the dead. So he yeah, wasn't he's not crying. sitting there being like, suck it up, guys. I'm about to do something yeah. great. You know, he, he enters into that moment. Yeah. Or he's not crying because Lazarus dead. Because Lazarus is about to come alive. He was crying because he knew that his children was hurting and mm-hmm. that they did not uh, see the heart of Jesus, that God was going to always do what's best. And I think when he prays and he, and he says to, you know, to the Father, he raises up his eyes in, in verse 41, chapter 11 of John, he says, and so they removed the stone because he told him to move the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me. 
and I knew that you hear me always. But because of the people and because of their unbelief, you know, I want them to know that you're God because that's why I came. And well, now you're paraphrasing. I, you're not reading scripture yes, right now. That's, <laughs> right. that's right. But that's what he's saying is like yeah, because yeah. of their, you know, I, I want them to see not just that Lazarus is raised from the dead, but I wanted them to see that there is a God that loves them and a God that cares and that God's here. God has come down to earth. He's mm-hmm. doing something, even though, you know, at the time they had no idea. Even when Jesus was on the cross, when the disciples fled, they were still doubting. They were, you know, went up to the upper room, scared half to death. And so, even knowing and seeing all the miracles and stuff, we, you know, we think, oh, if I just saw a miracle, I believe. And Jesus clearly taught, just because you see a miracle doesn't make, doesn't believe. You know, miracles have never produced faith. Faith produces miracles. Oftentimes, when we have and we trust God to do it, but God is who does the miracle. And so I think that, you know, as we're waiting on God, and it's so hard, Kara, and I'm waiting on God to do a lot of things. And we see that, you know, as we look around, if we want to go through our human eyes or through our physical eyes, we think, well, He's not listening, or He doesn't Mm -hmm. care. And we do grow weary when our eyes are on that. When our eyes, I mean, it had been 400 years. I mean, America's only been 200 plus years. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, no, you know, I can't wrap my mind around it. It's a long time. All right. It's a long time. And then because of all the unbeliefs, because, you know, God has sent so many of the prophets and they wouldn't believe that their children wouldn't believe him. And so there's this, those silent years. Mm-hmm. And then God does show up. And it's like, God doesn't show up because they didn't believe. God didn't show up because they did believe. Mm-hmm. God showed up because He promised He would show up. And that's where I think we find our hope, that God will always give what is best to His children. And I, I, I read that just this morning, you know, in Psalms 84, where it says, God, I know that you do not withhold what is best for your children. And so as we're praying and we're looking at things, and, you know, I prayed and, you know, my story of wanting my dad not to pass away. And I wanted to take him home to Chattanooga, and God wanted to take him home to heaven, and he did. And I didn't get to do that. So God didn't answer the prayer the way I want to. But I know that God did what was best for my dad. And so I think that we have to go back to the heart of God and being able to say this this period of waiting is an opportunity for us to trust God and trust the heart of God. And I think that, that I think that's hard. Instead of keeping our eyes on what's not being answered or what we want is not being fulfilled. Or even what you're waiting on, on, you know, even. You're right. Yeah, like not keeping your eyes on even the promise. I mean, even if it's something you, mm-hmm. you know, feel like God's promised you, it's, it, I still think there's, yeah, keeping your eyes on who's promised it and not just, it's this is that shift of not focusing on what he can do, but focusing on who he, who he is in his heart. You know, just thinking of the people in this new in the New Testament of like how many people missed him, mm-hmm. and he they're waiting on him, and he's right there, even after he started his ministry. And like that's what I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to miss him. But I think mm-hmm. the people who you know, kind of going back to what you're saying of God's going to do what He's going to do. You know, He it has nothing to do with you know when it's the be- when it's the right time. That's when Jesus mm-hmm. came, and, and I think the people who you know kept their heart. And eyes focused on him 
are probably the ones who saw them. Mm-hmm. But the ones who are so focused on, you know, the circumstance They're, or the... Well, I think the people that were focused on their own uh, like belief idea, like, or the way their idea of how God should work or how God should do. You know, we we certainly, you know, and I understand if I was there, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know either. You know, yeah, I hope it, I would have seen group, them, but... What, I know I don't know what group I would have been in, but you know I think that there was these expectations of what they believed God should do. I think that's what a lot of times what we miss in because we have these expectations of how God should act or how God should come or how God should enter a situation. And I think that we lose sight of what's really important. Mm-hmm. And God always does what's important. What He always does what's best first, and what was best was that Jesus came to rescue and to pay for the sin that separated His children from their God. Mm-hmm. And He came for that purpose. He'll come again for the purpose of setting up His kingdom and being king and ruling. But before He could do that, He had to pay for the sins of the people. And mm-hmm. so, you know, even though they missed Him, and even though they're like, well, God, you know, why did you not come first as a king? Because he had to do in the right order. You know, you're talking about the right time. But he has to do it in the right order. He has to do it in the right, you know, priorities. But yeah, that goes back to of everything that had to go into place. I mean, yeah, Jesus could have come a thousand years before he did. But all the prophecies and the timing of the governments and, you know, there's so many things that were at play. It wasn't. It was the literal perfect timing. It was, and I think that's that's the key of it is it's not just that he will do what's best or what's right. It's there's an intentional timing behind it that we sometimes, we don't fully even understand the gravity of that, you know? And so I think that's that's part of it is, yeah, maybe he could have done X, Y, and Z earlier, but at what cost? You know, like, would we have... I don't know, like it just wouldn't have been. Well, you know, it's know. just like. I don't even know what the word know, is, but it's just like yeah. it wouldn't have been right. Well, you know, like what's greater? It would it, would the people believed if Lazarus was just healed? They didn't believe him and they didn't believe he was the Messiah. They still, they, they sought out to kill him. And, you know, Jesus said people won't even believe even if somebody raised from the dead. So mm-hmm. Jesus was waiting to give these people the greatest opportunity. And and he'd been dead four days. So if he had just died, if it had been oil, he really wasn't dead. But these people knew that Lazarus had been dead four days, just like Jesus was dead three. So, you know, as as we think about it, you know, God wanted to make the greatest impact. And he waited so that they knew without a shadow of doubt that Lazarus was dead. And there was no question that it was God working. And you know, Kara, that's what I think when I think about waiting. When I think that God's not doing something or doing it on my timetable, I think, you know why? I think that maybe God is waiting so that there would be no question that Mm -hmm. it was God that answered the prayer. It's not me working out my situation and making mm-hmm. it happen, but that he's waiting on the, to answer my prayer, that I believe that he does want the answer, you know, the prayer that I do believe right. that, that he does want to answer. I think that God is waiting so that there would be no question in my mind 
that whatever the answer is, that it came from God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where we have to think about in the waiting is God is actively working, even though we don't think he is. But but we have to realize that what means the most of God is that we know him. We know that he's God and that he wants us to know that he's working everything out for our good and for his glory. And during this waiting period, I think he's waiting for the perfect time so that there would be no question Mm -hmm. that it was God that answered that prayer. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.